When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Mind Love, episode 185. Today's episode is all about who you are and what you are creating. It's just all about following the journey of your life and understanding that if you put trust in truth, because we all have a truth that we are afraid to share with the world, put trust that it's okay, that it's safe for you to be the real you without a mask. And the more you do that, the more you're going to be guided and the more you're going to be given the tools to do the magic. Now, we all want to be instant manifestors. We all want that pile of cash on the sidewalk. That's what we want. And the thing is, it takes the inner work to build up the knowing. So I, I think we have to know that it's it's this journey and you're going to be given the tools in divine timing. And so don't be frustrated if whatever you're trying to force isn't working. Look for, okay, if it's not working, what is it that I am supposed to be learning from this situation? Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. Hello, love. If you haven't subscribed yet, don't forget to hit that little button. Subscribing, sharing, and five-star reviews are the best way to give back if you find the show helpful. They help the show grow, which helps me get even better guests. Today, I am super excited to share a review I got all the way from Norway from Fan for Life. So apparently this person created an Apple ID specifically to leave this review, which is even more flattering. She says, I absolutely love this podcast. It's been the most important podcast during my spiritual journey by far. It's helped me in every area of my life and continues to do so. Melissa's the perfect host. I love her way of explaining things in a way that's so easy to follow. She's smart, funny, and incredibly wise. I'm blushing at this point. I am so grateful for this podcast and for Melissa. Words can't even begin to express it. So thank you, Melissa, and keep up the amazing work. Know you are changing lives. Well, thank you so much, Fan for Life. If I could come to Norway and visit you, I absolutely would. So thank you for lighting up my day. And now on to the show. Have you ever experienced something that just made life feel magical? It doesn't even have to be something huge. Maybe it's just a bunch of little things where you're like, okay, this cannot be a coincidence. That actually happened to me with this guest. I consume a lot of books. I have an Audible subscription, a Kindle Unlimited subscription. I still purchase Kindle books on top of that, and people send me books. So I am all booked up, basically. <laughs> well, I was looking for another spiritual book to read, and I ended up with a book called One Truth, One Law, I Am, I Create. And when I say I ended up with it, I mean, I can't even remember the decision process, which is saying a lot because usually when I'm looking for a new book, I end up spending just as much time choosing it as I do reading it. I peruse Amazon for hours, fill up my cart with way too many options, and then narrow them down. Sometimes it takes days. 
I am not proud of this. <laughs> well, I started reading it and I could not put it down. I ended up getting the Kindle and the audiobook because it was just so full of truths and I told my husband that he must either read it or listen to it. Well, a few weeks later, I get an email from my friend Gary Temple Bodley. You may remember him from several past episodes, episode 122 called A New Perspective on the Law of Attraction. And we also did a special when the chaos of COVID first hit. So he reaches out and he says, I feel inspired to connect you with Erin Worley. She's also a channeler and I feel like you two could create an amazing episode. And when Gary says he feels inspired, that's how he words it when he says he basically feels divine inspiration. He's feeling called to do something. And I'm sitting there double checking the name and thinking, really? A guy who channels messages around the law of attraction just connected me with another author on the law of attraction? that I must have been currently attracting because I had a positive focus on her? Holy mother of attraction. <laughs> so I am feeling super attractive, not to brag or anything, and as though I must be exactly where I'm supposed to be, doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Which means that if you are listening to this, you're in this energy too. And you're exactly where you're supposed to be, listening to exactly what you're supposed to be listening to, for your highest good. And so it is. So our guest is Erin Worley. At the forefront of her spiritual awakening, Erin has been channeling her higher self, or God source, called I Am, since 2011. And her book, One Truth, One Law, is the guidebook to understanding oneness, manifestation, and the universe. And her life purpose is to help you shortcut your awakening process so that you experience all the joy that's possible in your life right now. And three key things we will learn are the difference between your inner voice and channeling spirit, how thought expands our universe, and how to create from an energy that will empower our lives. And now let's welcome Erin Worley to the show. Thank you, Melissa. I'm so excited. So what's your story and how did you open yourself to channeling? Okay, that is a big question, but I bet a lot of people will be able to relate to the beginning of my story. I had a loving home life when I was a child, and unfortunately, at school, I was very unhappy. I never felt like I fit in with any of the groups in school. I was picked on, even bullied a lot. I had very, very bad cystic acne that was painful uh, once I got a little bit older, and even as a young adult, I carried a lot of that stuff with me, right? Believing that I wasn't good enough and that, you know, basically everybody else was better than me. And I had been in a series of relationships with men that didn't respect me and that really treated me very poorly. And I thought that was the best I could do. And it was after about three years with one of these men and I had really probably been ignored by him for the, for the last year of it, that I said, enough. I don't want to live like this anymore. Now, I didn't know that more was possible for me because I didn't understand that our minds really have the power to transform our lives. At this point, I had such a normal upbringing without any self-help involved. So I decided enough, though, I made that decision. I made the decision that if I couldn't find somebody who would respect me, then I just wouldn't have a relationship anymore. 
And I remember slinking into borders and I wished there was a paper bag over my head, but I slunk over to the relationship section and I just grabbed the first book. It had a pink spine and I ran to the counter with it and took it home. And I don't remember most of what was in that book, but what I do remember was something that absolutely changed the course of my life because it gave me the advice that instead of doing what I had always done and picked out a partner by how they looked or the things they acted like, you know, the things they did for enjoyment and tried to fit myself into a mold that would go with them. Instead, I was given the advice in this beautiful book to imagine a blank slate. And this blank slate is doing all the things that I love doing and giving me all the feelings that would feel good to me. And I started doing this just for a few minutes a day. It felt really silly at first, but I started doing it. And 14 days later, my husband, Phil, who is in the book, in One Truth, One Law, he came into the restaurant where I was waitressing, and that was it. And the amazing thing was it was such a divine meeting because he was a little bit further along on his life path. Now, not a lot, but he was further along because he had been starting to explore the fact that our minds had power and that there was more going on in the world than what I believe, because I was raised an atheist, so I never looked any further. But he believed there was a creator. He didn't really know what that meant. But anyway, so I started reading some of the books he had gotten interested in and watching some documentaries with him. And I just kind of fell in love with the idea of finding something more. And it was, I think we watched The Secret and I was like, oh my gosh, is this real? <laughs> you know. And I started trying to, trying to do the things and I could, felt like I could manifest a parking spot at Walmart really easily. But manifesting money or anything that was going to change our life, that wasn't working at all. Then I read Ask and It Is Given by Esther Hicks and Abraham. And in the beginning, she talks about how she meditated for, I don't know if it was 20 or 30 minutes a day. And for the first year she meditated, she was trying to block out all thought. And so nothing happened. But then when she started just letting the thoughts come in, Abraham was able to come in through her. And so I said, okay, well, that's a good start. I could do that and see what happens. Now, I didn't know what was going to come through me, but it was not even two months of me doing this and me just meditating, which I had no idea how to do, but <laughs> I knew I didn't want to block out all thought. And one night I wrote down in a notebook, we are all God and we are all one. I didn't have any idea what that meant. Like when I read Ask and It Is Given, I didn't understand any of it. It was all over my head, but it felt really magical to me. Like I was pulled to it. And those words that I wrote down, they felt magical and they felt big, but they also looked pretty crazy. So I went to bed that night and the next morning in the shower, I said, am I God? And there was a voice in my head that said yes. And it was so different than my voice. And I was like, what's going on? Where did that come from? That feels real. And I asked a few more questions and the thoughts were just sort of deposited in my head. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I ran out of the shower to tell my husband, Phil. And he was like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I don't know, but there's a voice in my head and it says it's God. And he said, well, can I ask some questions? And I'm like, no way. <laughs> You're going to, you know, this is already weird enough, you know. 
we'd only been dating for, I don't know, five or six months at the time. And I didn't want him running out the door. But anyway, eventually he convinced me to lay down and he asked some questions. And uh, we started transcribing the conversations. And it really, it was a magical time that was in 2011. And we were living in Virginia Beach. And I was, for a good few months there, I was walking around really embodying the divine God. And it was great. But I was too afraid at that point in my life to take action on its guidance. And this voice was telling me to publish its words, whether in an ebook or put it on a website, put it on a forum. It didn't matter where, but put that truth out there. And I said, no way. I did not have the self-confidence yet. I really was at the beginning of my journey. And eventually we put the transcripts in the in the basement and I spent the next seven, eight years trying to block the voice out while it continued to talk to me every day. Eventually, though, it became too uncomfortable, too painful to deny this truth that was trying to burst forth from me. And I started going through the process of, of getting the transcripts ready to publish them and And really, that was the process of leaning into trusting my inner self, my truth, and trusting that if I took action on its guidance, I would not be ridiculed as I had been when I was younger or laughed out of the room or or all these things that we build up in our mind when we're afraid of something, we often build it up to be so much bigger than it is. And really the process of creating a new sort of blueprint, new intentions for what my life was going to be like. So it's just been this beautiful journey of self-discovery and releasing a lot of the limitations that I was sort of programmed with when I was younger. And yeah. Wow. So when you began that story, there were so many synchronicities between our lives where I... (laughs) was in a bad relationship. I had low self-worth. I even went to the bookstore (laughs) ready to buy a relationship book. I even picked up a book with a pink spine. Only I think I picked up the wrong one. I picked up a book called Why Men Love Bitches and it did not take me on the path that you went on (laughs) whatsoever. (laughs) So that's where the fork in the road. I took the wrong path, continued to take the wrong path. But I'm curious, so when you finally did start trusting that voice, how were the differences between how you were living your life before that and then when you finally did just surrender to that trust? What's the difference in how you make decisions or how your life has been guided since then? And if this is your first time giving your mind a little love, I have a few goodies for you. First, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And second, sign up for the Morning Mind Love. Think of it like a weekday oracle from your highest self to help you start each day with a positive focus. Plus, you'll get two gifts absolutely free, a 30-minute binaural meditation and 30 days of journaling prompts to help you remember who you truly are. So join over 9,000 people and go to mindlove.com to sign up or text the word MORNING to 33777. We're all here just trying to live our best lives, right? And while you're here listening to a podcast, you might feel like you're on the right track, but then you visit family or you have a work deadline 
or something unexpected comes up and you're all stressed out and it feels like all the work is out the window. That's why it's so important to consciously curate what you can control, like who you surround yourself with, what you watch, what you listen to. So I'm going to add another podcast to your toolbox, The Dr. John Deloney Show. He has a PhD in counseling and has been sitting with hurting people for 20 years. He shares practical advice for everything from how to connect with people, how to face depression, overcome anxiety, and learn just what it means to be well. But what's really cool about his show is you can even leave a voicemail or send an email and he'll address your topic or question about mental or emotional help on the show. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney show is here for you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on the website. When you finally did start trusting that voice, How were the differences between how you were living your life before that and then when you finally did just surrender to that trust? What's the difference in how you make decisions or how your life has been guided since then? Yeah, well, I think it's been a process over the last year and a half of me taking in the beginning smaller little actions based on trust. And now I'm taking much larger actions based on trust. But it's been like an ascension process where I'm going up the ladder of trust. And I'm in a very good place right now where I I can really look back over the last year and a half and see how every single time that I took action based on my inner guidance, it worked beautifully in a way that I could never have planned from my limited human perspective, right? It really could have only been God or the universe or source who can see the entire chessboard of life, of all of our lives, and moved me as this beautiful chess piece right? Because if we want to say life is a game, which I do believe ultimately it's we're here to experience and to live joyfully. So this is all really just a giant chessboard. And most of us are raised to move our individual chess piece ourselves, having very little view of anybody else's chess piece or much further than our own house. We can't see the big picture and yet we're dragging ourselves around the chessboard or not moving much at all because we can't really see. When we have this beautiful inner guidance that we can just tap into and say, tell me where to move and it will just move you in this like beautiful symphony. And so I think that that is the biggest change over the last year and a half. When I started the process of getting the book ready for publication, I thought, and this was the very beginning of, okay, I'm going to do this. Now, I started that in the middle of 2018. I spent about a year going back and forth, being too afraid to do it, thinking I had to figure it all out myself. And, and it wasn't until... I really, I got the message that you don't have to figure it out. You set your intentions for what you want it to be in the world and what impact you want it to make on others. 
and I'm going to take care of the rest. You know, that's my inner self. It's God. And so releasing the how has been monumental for me. And just like I can look back over the last year and a half and see how I've been supported every step of the way when I took action on my inner guidance, I can also see all the times that I took action because I was still doubting and I still thought I didn't quite know enough myself to to do certain things or I wasn't capable enough to figure it out myself in a way. It's not that it didn't work out, but what I got was a lesson from the universe in those instances that no, I didn't need somebody else to point the way for me. You know, I didn't need another person. So, wow, gosh, we are all, I'm here. It's my life purpose to point other people in the right direction. And we are all here eventually to help each other find our way home. But a lot of the times what we're giving in that capacity is sort of a leg up so that people can see they have the truth within them, right? I'm not the one that has your truth. Your truth is within you, waiting for you. And I think just really coming to understand and living it and seeing how it actually unfolds beautifully and it's all true, it has been like the greatest gift of my life and I am so grateful for it. One of the questions that your husband, Phil, asks you is, is Aaron channeling you? And the voice says, no, I'm Aaron's inner voice. And that's one difference that I've heard of you and some other channelers that I know where they believe that they're channeling some sort of other entity, some sort of other guide. This a different ability, a different connection? Or do you think maybe people don't understand that they might be channeling their own inner voice? So I think that at the end of the day, anyone who's channeling anything is channeling their inner voice. Listen, the truth is, and this is something I've only really started to understand and see in my life fully in, in the last maybe, say, two, three months, I actually have sort of taken myself completely offline and just really gone within. And I have really expanded my knowing and understanding of things from doing that. It's only been the last two weeks that I've sort of started stepping out again. And what I found during that period of going within, and I know everyone says this, and I know it's out there, that it's all within us, right? And our external is just a mirror for our internal. But it's actually, that's literal. So you sitting right where you are, Melissa, and all of your listeners, wherever they are, You are God right this second and everything is taking place in your head because your head is a direct connection to all that is. So we as humans, me, Aaron, you, Melissa, Joe down the road, we all have these individual experiences here. So we are creations and we are real and other beings that people channel Often they are real, but their goal is always to get you up higher to your inner voice. And it's interesting because I had never channeled anything other than I am, than source. And it was two nights ago, I woke up, it was uh, 11.55 at night. And there was a voice in my head that said, hello, starseed, are you ready 
we have a download for you. And I was like, what is, what is this? You know, <laughs> so I'm like, what is, I may have heard the word starseed. I don't know what, you know, I didn't know what that was at that point two nights ago. And I'm like, what? So anyway, it was the Arcturians and they wanted to talk with me. So we talked. So what they explained to me is they came to me specifically, not because I was looking for them, but because they sort of wanted a filter to speak through. And a filter is just your understanding of the world that understands that their point for existing is to point people to their inner self, to their higher self. And they feel like a lot of the people that are channeling them are not pointing people to that ultimate truth. So you're going to stay lost. If you're always coming to a channeler for information, you're never going within. You're always coming to them to check, say, okay, I think this is what I should do. Now, what does the channeler say? Okay. So we have to all understand that we are here to be guided from within. And if we're looking without, we are never going to find it, even if it is, because the Arcturians are real. There's all kinds of other beings out there that are creations just like humans are. They're no better, no worse than humans. Now, they might be existing at a higher vibration, and their part of their purpose might be to bring us closer to our truth. But it is never for us to start sort of, I don't want to use the word worshiping them, but sort of putting them on a pedestal, right? Just because they're at a higher vibration and they have a greater understanding than us. And I think that that's, it's almost like a bit of a trap for people that are very spiritual and can feel that there's more and want so much to tap into it. So it's really an understanding that there are other beings out there. Yes, absolutely. And they are all beautiful and worthwhile. And can they communicate with us? Absolutely. We can communicate with any other creations. I mean, the possibilities are literally endless. We can also create other beings in our minds. What we can do with our minds is limitless because everything that's real is happening in our mind and it's fluctuating, it's moving. When someone says now is all that is, it is so true. (laughs) Let me give you a beautiful example of that. And I know I'm off topic. I just do what comes to me. So the other day, my husband and I were having a little argument and it's something that couples and even friends do all the time. I was saying that I'm the one that came up with putting, we are all God, we've just forgotten on the book cover. And I can remember that I was outside with my daughter and she was playing in the sandbox when it popped in my head and I ran inside and wrote it down. So I remember I did that, but he remembers that he came up with it. And so we're having this argument and we're both 100% sure. And I know that's happened to all of us a million times. I'm like, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure. And if it's a situation that we can like check on the internet, sometimes you'll find out, oh, I was right. The other person was wrong because the internet says I was right. Now, this wasn't a situation we could do that. Or you'll find out you were wrong and you feel confused at first. Like, oh, I was so sure I was right. How could I have been wrong? But it says here on the internet, I was wrong. That's not the person who won the World Series in 2015. Oh, I was sure, but I guess I was wrong. And then you start building a little bit of self-doubt into your knowing about everything. And the next time you have an argument with this person, you're doubting yourself even more. Anyway, I am came through. We were having this little uh, argument and said something that really has changed me so much as those possibilities both exist in the past. In fact, an infinite number of possibilities exist. And we were both simply pulling 
from different dimensions, different possibilities of all the pasts that have been written. So when we look at the past or at the future, anything is possible. And so there's no point in arguing about what happened, (laughs) which I know that people, just humans, do that a lot. That is how crazy and how different reality is versus what we have grown up being taught, right? That what we experience is what you can touch, what you can see, what you can hear, what you can taste, you know, and that is just so limiting. There's so much going on in your mind. And so to make a long story short, yes, people are absolutely channeling other beings. When I speak with I am, I am not channeling anything. I am simply letting who I really am speak over the noise of my limiting beliefs. Wow, that story is incredible. And it just brings to mind something that I think about often. I have said for years that I just believe that we're all kind of living our version of reality. And we think that It's just that the mind is faltered and so we forget or we might embellish our past memories or whatever. But things like the Mandela effect really fascinate me where so many people, millions of people remember some logo being a certain way. And then you look back and apparently it was never that way. (laughs) There's so many of those of those instances. Oh my gosh, you know, the one that really gets to me is the Berenstain Bears, because when Same. I was a kid, it, yes, <laughs> it was not Berenstain, you know, it was Berenstain for sure. And or like so, Jif, yeah. peanut butter has never been Jiffy, really? Oh, no, so I hadn't even heard that. Of course it's Jiffy. <laughs> no, it's apparently only ever been Jif. <laughs> There's so many of these. I was just telling my cousin about the Mandela effect and we looked up a whole list and she's mind blown because half the things she remembers so well. Well, when I Am came through, one of the other things that really stood out to me because I was raised Christian And you just hear like Jesus said, I am the great I am. And one of the things that I've been unraveling because my story basically went, I was raised Christian, very involved in the church till a certain age. I fell away from it. I felt a disconnect and my mom still is Christian. And so for a long time, I was just like, there's no God. I don't believe in any of this. And then as I started exploring my spirituality and my own guidance, I've just been seeking to uncover what the real truth is. And through that, I've studied other religions, found the commonalities, just trying to figure out what feels right for me. And one of the things that stands out, for some reason, there was about a three-month period of time where the words I am just kept coming to me. And it was when I found your book, actually. Also, that was one of the things. I'm like, here's I am again. And we've heard that Jesus said, I am the great I am. And now one thing that fascinates me too is going back through the Bible and having a new understanding based on what I believe now on old teachings compared to what I understood it to be before. And so I'm curious if you have any insight about that. Do you believe that Jesus was just that tapped into his connection with God or understanding that he is or I am, we all are God? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I really need to get something off my chest. Being a mom of a three-year-old boy is really freaking hard, and sometimes it has me questioning my sanity. 
but then he'll grab my face and call me his sweet little mama. Yes, that's a real thing he says, <laughs> and it will all melt away until I break his banana. I thought I was done with emotionally abusive relationships, but nope. We all carry around stressors, big and small, and when we keep them all bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For me, just talking things through is hugely helpful, but it's so hard finding friends and family that are unbiased or non-judgmental. And therapy isn't just about dealing with major trauma, you know? It's about learning healthy coping mechanisms, setting boundaries, becoming the best version of yourself. And BetterHelp makes it super convenient, too. Everything's done online so you can fit therapy sessions around your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MindLove today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MindLove. Do you believe that Jesus was just that tapped into his connection with God or understanding that he is or I am, we all are God? Oh, there's no question in my mind. That is what it is. You know, I was not raised religious at all. My parents were atheists. I think I mentioned that I never cracked open a Bible in my life and I have since speaking with I am, I've read passages, but there's no question at all that Jesus was simply giving the same message that's in my book and that's in so many other books that are are starting to come through. And it was just greatly misunderstood. And I can certainly see how people have misconstrued it, thinking he was saying me, but he wasn't. He was simply trying to spread the truth that we are all God And it was misconstrued. And also I have some theories on what the church may have done to assist that in being construed, but misconstrued. But yeah, I think absolutely. A big message in the book, probably the main message, is just that there is only one truth. I am and I create. And one of the things that somebody we both know, the person who connected us, Gary Bodley talks about, is that there's no right or wrong. And these two things kind of go well for me together because as you were giving that example of the memory that you and your husband were trying to figure out which one was right, it's like neither is wrong, both are right, or both just are. So is it that we're just each individually creating our own journeys, our own lives, and and sometimes those intersect and sometimes they don't, whereas some of these past experiences, maybe your husband did live through an experience where he thought of that and you lived through this other experience? or How does that work exactly? So I think everything that happens in our life, it is an individual experience, but at the same time, it's trying to bring us back to our truth. It's trying to wake us up. All the things that we're experiencing, like I said, when you're tapped into your inner guidance, you can allow yourself by following that guidance and taking action on it, you can allow yourself to be moved in this beautiful symphony across the chessboard of life. But even when you're not tapped into your inner guidance, even when you're not taking action on your inner guidance, even when you are totally blocked and have no idea what's going on, everything that's happening is happening for you to wake up. And that's why people like you have found the tools in your life to start to wake up. It's why I found the tools in my life to start waking up. Now, they were 
decisions we made along the way to take the right turn instead of the left turn or, or whatever, or to open the black box instead of the white box, whatever it was. But that conversation my husband and I had, as I said, it, it wasn't so much that we had those separate paths. It's we were pulling from possibilities and a limitless amount of possibilities of the past. And they were both, the memory was put into our mind for both of us so that we would have that conversation. And that would lead the way for I am to deposit that knowing in my brain. And so it's very possible that two years down the line or three years earlier, we may have had the same conversation about the same thing, but I would have been pulling a completely different memory. It may have been that purple monkeys came up with this line. Although the one truth is very simple, there's a whole world of complexity that goes into understanding all the layers under the one truth. It's like the confusion never ends. And <laughs> but it's not even confusion. It's the more you really embrace it and follow it, the more you see how it fits beautifully. And it couldn't be any other way. So I think it's really, yeah, it's important to understand that there's an infinite number of a possible past that happened and could have been pulled from for this conversation. But for whatever reason, that was the memory in my mind at this point, And this was the memory in his mind at this point. And because of those two memories, we were able to get to a further understanding. Now, we could have continued arguing. I could have told my inner voice when it tried to give me this understanding that, oh, hey, the past isn't actually real. I could have said, that's crazy. You be quiet. I'm going to keep arguing with Phil. And that's what most of us do. But if we start opening up our minds and saying, why is this argument happening, right? What could I learn from this? And letting yourself listen, you're going to be blown away. Really? Wow. So even something like a misunderstanding or a conflict with your partner can be given to you in order to unlock the next layer of wisdom that you're able to receive from the universe. Melissa, I will tell you what every argument you've ever had is for that purpose. And if you are listening to this podcast right now, this is the one thing to take away. Start looking at everything that feels uncomfortable to you, whether that's an argument or whatever it is, and say, what can I learn from this? What is this here to teach me? Because everything is happening for you. It's all happening for you. It is true. You are the center of the world. You're the center of the universe. And it is all this beautiful symphony happening for you. So Whatever is happening in your life that feels uncomfortable, ask yourself, what can I learn from this? When we're thinking about our purpose here on earth, do you believe that our purpose is simply to awaken and to understand who we truly are and that's what we came here for? So I think that that is part of it and helps us to really step more fully into our purpose. But no, we all have individual life purposes that we're here to accomplish, something that we're here to create, maybe many things that we're here to create. And whatever it is that we do that is part of whatever it is that we create that is part of living our life purpose is really going to expand other people. And it's going to 
to bring other people into more of their purpose as well. And so it's just, we all fit together beautifully. And, and so, no, I think there's so much more than just being and just experiencing. I think we really are here as creators and to really find out for each one of us what that actually means. Because the deeper you dive into that, the more you really start experiencing the real magic. So our thoughts create. And one thing that you teach in your book is that our thoughts also expand the universe. What does that mean exactly? Well, it's actually surprisingly literal. So the universe is really referring to universal mind, which is infinite intelligence. It's the the non-physical aspect of ourself. And universal mind stores all the thoughts that have ever been thought, which is and ever will be thought. It's infinite, right? So while we are here in the physical world in this now, we are pulling our memories and our ideas about what we might be creating for ourselves in the future are being pulled from the infinite directory of universal mind. And so when we think a new thought, when we create a new creation, we are adding a new thought, a new file, if you will, to universal mind. And in that way, we are expanding the universe, which is universal mind. So one thing that really helped me start to tune into my intuition when I was really trying to make that connection was understanding the difference between that true inner voice and basically programming. And where it gets confusing is so many people are like, well, I'm following my gut or I have a gut feeling about this. And a lot of times those gut feelings aren't necessarily truth. The more I learn about how trauma is stored in the body, there's a lot of sensations that we get that are just fear-based sensations based on something that's completely invalid. And so for those people that are trying to make that discernment of figuring out when is this somatic body trauma (laughs) compared to when is this my inner voice actually guiding me, how can they tell that difference? Because if all of our thoughts are creating and one place you're creating from love and another place you're creating from fear, which is a pretty big differentiator. Absolutely. And I love everything you said right there. I think that is so integral to understand this. And as I was stepping more into learning to trust myself, even though I have this beautiful connection with my inner voice with source, I still had a lot of doubts, right? I'm like, oh, people are going to think I'm crazy. And so I did a lot of of learning about like Googling. And this was back in like 2018 before I had really decided to even publish the book, but Googling about, okay, how do you trust your intuition and stuff, right? Still thinking maybe I'm crazy. And what I found over and over again is it's not a voice. It's this gut feeling in your stomach. And that seems to be the consensus, at least in the blog articles I read. And I tried that. And I have to tell you, I think that's a real disaster. And I think it's incredibly misleading for most people. And I think there's so many sort of traps out there that have become almost common knowledge, like accepted sayings in our culture, that actually what they do is take people that are genuine seekers and they sort of stop them or lead them off the path of seeking. And, you know, it's not saying that that's bad or that's good. It's just part of this, this life that we are here to experience. And uh, wouldn't it be any fun if it was all just given to us? And really so much of it is the journey. But anyway, that's all an aside. So 
for me, I found that when I was following sort of these gut things, right, do what feels good to you, what would happen is I feel like so many things feel good to me, right? So I would be like, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. Well, I have to do it because it all feels good. And all of a sudden I'm exhausted from doing all these things that feel good and that doesn't feel good. (laughs) Seriously, if, if I'm trusting my gut, my gut loves ice cream and cookies and cake. And so I'm on the floor with a tummy ache, you know, and piles of open cartons around me. Now that's an exaggeration, but that's literally what that advice is telling you. You know, my programming says cake and cookies are awesome. And so if I'm doing what feels good, I'm on the couch or on the kitchen floor with a tummy ache. So I think it's really, really important to understand that your guidance, if it's real, is going to be more specific. And if you're not getting more specific guidance, then this feels good. Then you need to do some quiet work with yourself to get better guidance. Otherwise, you're going to be going off in a million different directions because as creators, as who we really are, there are infinite possibilities and we're going to want to do them all. And then we're not going to do any of them very well. And then we're going to quit because it's too hard and it doesn't feel good. And so you have to find out this is a beautiful thing to do. Say, what's my next step? And then lay down and listen to the thoughts in your head and do it again the next day and do it again the next day until that voice starts coming through. And it will. I've worked with tons of people. It will come through if you intend for it to and you keep spending that 15, 20 minutes a day listening for it. But I think we'd all be better off if we if we stop following literally the feelings in our tummy. Thank you. <laughs> That's been a, a struggle because that is the main message out there. And I remember I'm like, how do I follow my gut? I don't understand this. Mm-hmm. But now the more people I've interviewed where they actually do talk about how the trauma stores, it just doesn't really make any sense because our bodies are going to react to things based on past experiences. Mm-hmm. And if we're always creating based on past experiences, we're not really creating because we're only bringing back up the past. We're not creating something new. And part of what your book talks about is that joy really comes from that creating something new. One of the quotes that I loved was, we're trying to survive the physical world instead of thinking or shaping it. And that just hit me really hard because survival, so much of that comes from the fear from our past experiences. And it doesn't even have to be some big trauma. It could be something that happened when we were like six months old that created something in our bodies (laughs) that causes us to flinch when we see a dog or whatever. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Now, I have never done any learning or understanding about this trauma response, but just listening to you talk is just intuitively, I'm like, yes, absolutely. You're 100% right. It makes so much sense. But yeah, I think, like I said, there's so many traps out there to get people caught in this loop of saying to themselves, well, I can't figure it out. I must be doing it wrong. And I was caught in that loop for a few months too. Like you mentioned, well, how am I supposed to translate these feelings in my gut into something I can actually use that's actionable? That's, you know, and it's sort of like, there's a lot of really well-meaning people out there that are teaching this and maybe it works a little bit for them. But at the end of the day, if you're not telling somebody that they should trust 
their inner knowing is coming from their tummy or from their leg. I don't know, but wherever it's coming from, your mind is a direct connection to universal mind, which is God, which is source, which is all that is. And you can use the power of your intention to tap into all the knowing that there is in the universe and create anything that you want. This is the truth. And I want to give you a beautiful example of this all of your amazing listeners, because I want you to know that magic is real and you don't have to use a candle or burn incense or or whatever else or draw a circle. Not necessary. Okay. Magic is real. It's all in your head. So I am constantly leveling up and getting more and more understandings. And about a month ago, I've got this amazing understanding. So my children who are the light of my life. My son's almost two, my daughter's almost four, and they are difficult at bedtime. So difficult. And often, and I lay down with them, and often it's two or three hours of them jumping on me and hitting me and screaming and running around like wild banshees. Very frustrating and difficult. And I think a lot of moms can probably relate to that. And it makes you feel a little bit hopeless. And so about a month ago, I just got this really clear knowing while I was laying down trying to get them to sleep to just visualize. And I have been doing a lot of work the last year to really strengthen my visualization and strengthen my going within and creating in my mind. So that really is part of the process. It's not like I just lay down and did it. I have been doing the work to build up my ability. Anything we practice, we can become an absolute superstar at. So anyway, I got the the picture. Okay, see a picture in your mind of both of them on either side of you sleeping peacefully. Okay, so I did that and I held that. And then I, I was told, okay, feel the feeling of relaxation, of joy, knowing they're sleeping peacefully and you can get up and, and go see my husband Phil. And so I did that. And they're jumping on me, they're hitting me, and I'm okay. And then then I was told, okay, now go walk on the beach. Now, I don't live by the beach, but in my mind. So I just released having to know having any control over what was going to happen. I just created their asleep. I know they're peacefully asleep. And now I'm walking on a beach. And within two minutes, they were both sleeping peacefully on my shoulders. (laughs) And now this was after about 10 minutes. So on a normal night, it would have been two or three more hours. So how in the world did they go from jumping all over me to peacefully sleeping in two minutes? It was unlike anything that had happened the past three and a half years at bedtime. And I'm like, oh my gosh, mind blown. And I run out of the room and I tell Phil and he's like, what? Do you think you can do it again? And I'm like, well, I'm certainly going to try. And it's worked every night for the past month and a half now. And the cool thing is normally when we're leaving grandma's house, it takes about an hour. But now I just set that beautiful picture in my mind of my kids are so excited to jump in the car and go home. And now it takes five minutes. So I'm just really starting to play with these things that are manifesting incredibly quickly and and seeing how much I am the creator. But it's just all about following the journey of your life and understanding that if you put trust in your truth, because we all have a truth that we are afraid to share with the world, put trust that it's okay, that it's safe for you to be the real you without a mask. And the more you do that, the more you're going to be guided and the more you're going to be given the tools to do the magic. Now, we all want to be instant manifestors. We all want that pile of cash on the sidewalk. That's what we want. And the thing is, 
it takes the inner work to build up the knowing to get to where you're at the point. Now, I'm not manifesting a pile of cash on the sidewalk yet. I want disclaimer, but I'm manifesting my kids going to sleep in a few minutes. And for me, that's almost as valuable as a pile of cash on the sidewalk, you know? So I think we have to know that it's it's this journey and you're going to be given the tools in divine timing. And so don't be frustrated if whatever you're trying to force isn't working. Look for, okay, if it's not working, what it is that I am supposed to be learning from this situation. Well, that was exactly what I needed to hear one week away from birth. <laughs> so thank you for that. I don't really want the pile of cash right now either. <laughs> and I think that a lot of us start this idea of manifesting where it's like, oh yeah, I can just have whatever I want. And we're still living so much in that ego self or the persona that we're not connected to what our soul really desires. So why would that even come through? You know what I mean? It's not even what's best for you right now. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Well, and you know, I think a lot of people and myself included got interested in finding out more about the mysteries of the universe because I wanted more in my life. Now, I didn't know what more meant, you know, and since we have been raised in this very materialistic society, I think it's natural in the beginning for more to feel like more material things. But as that doesn't manifest right away for most of us, and maybe it does for some of us, but maybe that's because those are the sorts of lessons they need on their life path. You know, we're going to get more or less what it is we need to get us to where we are so that we can start really creating what our life purpose is. And so in the beginning, it's very much like up and down um, as you figure it out. And I think it was really interesting. You mentioned uh, Gary Boldly, whose podcast I did a week ago. He said there, that's so interesting, Aaron, that you started hearing I Am's voice in 2011. And it wasn't until 2018 that you decided to publish those original transcripts. He said, it's always seven years from when somebody taps in to that guidance or, or channeling or whatever it is and to where they get the courage to actually share it with the world. And he gave a bunch of examples of when it was seven years for different people he knew and it was seven years for himself. And I thought that was so interesting. And it really was a little bit of a release for me because I had always wondered, oh, maybe I'm doing something wrong that it took me so long to get there. And even though I'm grateful for the journey and everything I learned, it was nice to know that it was a little confirmation that this really is just a journey. Your life is a journey. It's not all going to come at once. You're not going to start meditating and then achieve inner peace and financial abundance a week later, but you are going to get the tools you need to create this amazing life as you continue on. That seven-year thing is really interesting because one piece of knowledge that I've always held on to is apparently our body completely regenerates every seven years. <laughs> so, and so it's interesting to think about maybe what happens is you receive this information and what needs to take place to actually start creating from that is to shed the person that you were. And as you have this knowledge, you're creating this whole new version of you, which takes seven years and then you're ready to fly. <laughs> 
I love that. That is so magical. And I feel the truth in it. That's beautiful. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for just your contributions to what we know about all of this. Our meeting was so synchronistic. It's just so weird. (laughs) And so I'm so happy that I was able to have this time with you. And for listeners that are interested in learning more about you and how to work with you and your book, where's the best place for them to connect? Yeah, absolutely. So definitely go to Amazon and check out One Truth, One Law. You will be so glad that you did. And I'm at AaronWorley.com. And I am also in about a week going to be at WeAreAllGod.com. All the links mentioned in this episode will be at MindLove.com slash 185. So your challenge for this week is just to get still, to start listening to your own inner voice. I've mentioned this before, but in the beginning, it can be kind of difficult to differentiate between our programming and our true intuition, that inner voice, the higher self, the aspect of God within us that is always creating. Start to notice what that voice sounds like. Start to notice when you are being driven by your ego and when it's your higher self. My trick for this is to ask myself, Is the voice that I'm hearing in the energy of love? If it's not, it's simply not my higher self. Sometimes this can even be a little bit difficult to break down in the beginning. We might think that our inner voice or our intuition or our higher self is warning us against something. But I ask myself, is this voice coming from a place of fear? Like fear of failure, fear it might not work out, fear of putting myself out there? Or is it guiding me from a place of love? Like, maybe this isn't worth my time. Or I would rather be spending my time with something that's going to light me up more. Or I deserve to be with someone better. So you see how even though it's guiding us away from something, one is from a place of fear, one is from a place of love. You can start out small too. It doesn't have to be big things. You can just start out by sitting in stillness in the morning, feeling your own energy, becoming comfortable with your own energy, asking this voice where you should be guided just today. Should you reach out to an old friend? Should you spend time journaling? It doesn't have to be these big life-changing choices. Sometimes those are the hardest ones to get comfortable with because there's so much at stake. So start small, become comfortable with your own inner wisdom and see where it guides you. Reach out to me on Instagram at mindlovemelissa with any questions or to let me know how it goes. If you love this episode, please consider sharing it by taking a screenshot, tagging mindlovemelissa and mindlovepodcast on Instagram. If you think somebody could really benefit from this episode, tap the little share button and send it to them. Don't forget we have Mind Love Premium at mindlove.com slash premium where you can support your favorite show, Mind Love, and get extra episodes, monthly meditations, and other bonuses. I have a few amazing sponsors mentioned in this episode, so if any of those call to you, please consider supporting them too. When you support my sponsors, it makes them want to sponsor me for longer, which keeps the show going, and it's really a win-win because you're also buying something for yourself. And as always, thanks for giving your mind a little love today, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into your higher frequency with Mind Love. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next week.